my normal. So that's the way in which I tend to respond to people and give thanks to God for them being in my life and that I'm able to be around them. It's wonderful to be back here. Uh, I was in Hawaii. I don't want to go back. That's a lie. Okay. At another time. I had a great time. Thank you so much. You guys, gift helped me there. I actually got to play golf and and it was far too expensive. My wife said, remember, that was the gift that the church gave you in appreciation. So I used that entire chunk. Yeah. And it was fun. It was, it was really a lot of fun. We, we had such a good time. Uh, Mary and I were able to grow closer together. And each night, I uh, enjoy these marvelous sunsets. Every night, we made sure we got out uh, off to the point and and did our sunset thing, and uh, that's, that's also a place we renewed our vows. So that was just wonderful time. Mary isn't able to be with you today. She's sick. She came back home and ended up getting sick, and she blamed it on me. And I don't know what to say. Let's say when we talk about this idea of, of being thankful, though, thankfulness is something that impacts the lives of other people. When we find ourselves thanking God for what he has done in our lives and responding to others and helping them to understand how much we're thankful for God, they begin to change themselves as well. So when we talk about being the church, what we're really talking about is expressing our thankfulness to God for all he has done to other people so they can also respond with thanks. Let's watch this clip and then we'll get into it. I've been called out to be something, and oftentimes that something that God calls us out to be involves thanking God for who he is, for what he has done, for what he is doing, for what he will do. The scriptures over and over tell us that we are to thank God for everything, for every circumstance, for every situation, for every person. For everything that comes our way. Why would anybody say something like that? Because they know something that we have forgotten. They know something that we don't know. That our God is one who demands that we declare he is in the midst of all things. He is working all things together for good. And that we are to thank him for everything that comes our way. Not that everything is good. But we are to thank God for them because then he can use them for good. Psalm 104 reads like this. I want you to read it with me. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. We enter God's presence with thanksgiving. We enter his presence with praise. When we thank God for who he is, for what he has done, for what he is about to do, something takes place. And the Spirit of God grabs a hold of us and elevates us to a special position so we can see what is really happening. It's somewhat like a a little boy desperately wanting to watch the parade that's taking place. And he's unable to because he's too short. The father lifts him up over the top of the heads of everybody else. And he's able to look down and he's rejoicing and laughing. And the father cannot see what it is that he's rejoicing and laughing at. But he can. And God says, I want to lift you up so you can see all the wondrous things that will take place because of this apparently awful thing that's taking place even now. You see, Thanksgiving is a choice. It's a call of God that we've been called out 
to give thanks to God. And it's a choice. And we as the church are the ones that are called to choose that, to choose thanksgiving on a regular, consistent basis. Someone has called it thanks living. My wife reminded me of that this week. It's thanks living. And that's the cry of God for us, especially this week. We need the people who are involved in thanks living, choosing to do that. Every morning as I come to church, I get here about eight o'clock in the morning. And every single morning at right about nine o'clock, I hear this cry outside. It's a group of youngsters that are walking across the street. And every morning they say the same thing and they scream it. They shout it. They say, you guys know what they say? There it is. Thank you, God, for the beautiful day. And I'm whining about something in my office and off cries this thing. Thank you, God, for this. And I go, all right. (laughs) Stop whining. Start worshiping. Give thanks for what God has done. Start to take a better look at what it is that's taking place in your life. Don't be anxious for anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You know, in in that little section there, if you've got your outline, you look at it, you could circle that little thing that says thanksgiving in every situation. Every situation, every situation, that's what it says. Every situation. In the Greek, you know what it says? Every situation. That's what it says. That's what it says. God calls us to give thanks to him who is more than able to handle any situation, any circumstance we deal with. He doesn't say you need to be happy about everything, but that you should thank God for everything and drop the anxiety and the worry and the greed because he is able. And then present your request for a change. Did you catch that? Then present your request for a change for a little better, for a little something special. Last Sunday, I had a 10 day. (laughs) It was a 10. I haven't had a 10 day this year. I've had some good days, but no 10s. A 10 day is a oh my goodness day. I got up in the morning about 6.15, spent some time with the Lord, left, went over, got to play golf at 7 o'clock at this marvelous golf course in Hawaii. And I played good. (laughs) It was fun. Oh, it's like I hit the ball and it went where it was supposed to go. Miracle. It's a miracle. And it was it was like, whoa, and I got done in two and a half hours. For those of you who play golf, 18 holes in two and a half hours, and I hit two balls. It's like, wow, what a day. I got done without going, whoo, I'm at 9.30. I walk into place, okay, honey, off we go. And this is a Sunday, so then we headed down to church. But we got to church, and the church there is, you know, the website and stuff's not quite up to date. So we thought the church was supposed to start at 10 o'clock. It didn't start till 10.30. So... Bummer of bummers. We had to walk across the street to Sunset Beach and sit there and look at the water and rejoice. And, all. 
And I went, yeah! So you're going to be early for church? Man, that's the way to be early for church. So we had a great time there. We pulled ourselves away. We went down, had this marvelous time of worship and rejoicing when God does. Speakers shared the word. I was like, man, this is great. I left there, went back home. We said, hey, let's head over to the beach. It's a hard life in Hawaii. So, so let's do it. So we head over to the beach, for, and we ate at Ola's, this wonderful restaurant. I'm eating, going, this food is so good. This is like a tin, Lord. This is marvelous. I got done. And lay down the beach. Said, I'm gonna do a little snorkeling. I put on my snorkel stuff. Went off. I'm swimming around. There are fish everywhere. I'm going, glory be to God. I mean, I'm going. This is incredible. They're yellow. They're blue. They're. It's like wow. I'm swimming all over. And I'm going. You know, Lord, there's only one thing that can make this better. If I could see a turtle. I come around the bend. There's a big honking turtle. I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. I'm swimming with the turtle. Do I want to get too close? He was so big, I think he could eat me. I was going, wow. I was like from here to here at him. He's like looking at me like, will you get out of my face, dude? You know, it's, it's okay. I'm just watching. I'm watching. And I'm waving over here. up my, hey, turtle, turtle. I come up and they have, all of a sudden all the people are coming. You see the turtle? This is just, wow. I get down and go back, see all these fish. I come back over on the side. I go, oh, that was so cool. And I said, oh, that's great. We get up. We leave there. We go up to the edge of the, the side of the, the hill, this special thing here. And we have this sunsets, the sunset of sunsets. I mean, it's like, oh, my God. That's a, that was that kind of a sunset. Oh, wow, God, did you ever do a job? That was incredible. What a painting today. Every day we got to see that sunset, but that was the best sunset of the week. It was just marvelous. And I got done with that whole thing, and I said, Lord, wow, what a day. That was a 10, a true 10. And I thank you so much that we can have 10 days in our life. And the way we have 10 days is by thanking God for all he is and all he has done and asking him for some little changes. Say, Lord, could I just maybe... The Lord oftentimes goes, absolutely. Let me give you that one. Let me give you that one. We present our request to God with thanksgiving. And we learn how to thanks live. And thanks living becomes the cry of our life. First Thessalonians 5 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will. Oftentimes people say, what's God's will in my life? Let me tell you what God's will is for your life. It's for you to give thanks for every situation, every circumstance you're in. That's God's will for your life. It's right there. Oh, all circumstances. In order for life to work, you have to work at giving thanks in all things. In order for life to work, you have to work at giving thanks in all things. Stop the whining. Start the worship. We were praying this morning with Rich and and John. We were talking together. I I said, the older I get, the more I have to work at giving thanks. I find it easy to whine. Just easy to whine. My wife turns to me and she says, honey, you're frowning again. Really? She says, yeah, I was not. She said, yeah, you were. I'm bringing a mirror next week, she said. I'm going to let you look in it. I'm going, ah. I didn't feel like I was frowning. I was just thinking. But see, when I think too often times, it's it's not a gracious, thankful thought. It's a thought that wasn't wasn't really meaningful to God, and I start to frown a bit. God says, Lee, I gave you a smile. Work it, baby. 
work it. You're ugly when you frown. There it is. Reality speaks, okay? Called to give thanks. And I'll say you can whine, you can worship. It's your choice. It is your choice. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is an example of one who thanked God for the outcome of cross, but not the cross itself. He thanked God for the opportunity of the cross, but never the cross itself. See, he recognized that he could thank God in all things, despite the difficulty of those things that faced him. We've been called out to give thanks. Turn to the person next to you and say, thank you for being here. There you go. Thank you. Oh, it's just, and people smile like you, they did something. All they did is show up. You know, but if nobody else shows up, I'm really bummed. You know that? Thank you so much for choosing to come and to worship God and to be involved in a recognition of what he can do in his life. How do we say thank you, though? Oftentimes I go, well, Lord, how do I get this uh, thank you attitude in my life and my heart? And how do I really say thank you? Matthew chapter 6, and you could turn there to Matthew 6 if you want to walk through it. In fact, you could, you could just read that chapter. Sometimes when the pastor's speaking, I feel like he's saying stuff I already know. I just go read the chapter. These I get lots of good stuff that way when pastors are doing a crumb job. So if I do a crummy job, Matthew 6, just stay there. You'll get blessed. Matthew 6 is all about giving. It's all about thanking. It's all about understanding God's blessing in our life. That's the entire chapter. Jesus starts it and walks all the way through it. But one particular section, verse 32, chapter 6, verse 22. Yeah, there we go. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. And when your eye is good, Jesus said, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. If the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Now, he calls, if your eye is bad, or if your eye is good... Now, interesting, the word good, okay, the word good is translated in 1 Timothy, again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. All these different areas, the word is not translated good, it's translated generous. If your eye is generous. See, now it's starting to make sense to you. If you have a generous eye when you look upon people, as opposed to a bad eye, which is translated in other areas, Greedy, a greedy eye. And it means to literally look down the nose at somebody else. If your eye is generous, how much it lights up to your life. But if your eye is greedy, it brings darkness and ugliness. Does that make sense? You see what he's trying to tell us? He's saying, your life is to be about thankfulness, about generosity, about grace, not about Greed. When you hide away God's generosity, you become greedy. You put it into a dark place where nobody can get to it. And you think you're saving it. But what you're really doing is allowing it to rot away. It's like putting a banana away for two weeks. So going to eat it later. Yeah, you've all done that, I see. Okay. Oh, it's just, 
oh, I'm not eating that now. But you had this beautiful banana you could have given to somebody else, but you didn't do it because you said, I already had the one I wanted. I'm putting away the other one for later. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, be generous in your responses and the way that you look at people around you. Talk to them. Sometimes what you need to do, you see a homeless person on the side. You need to pull your car over and talk to them for a few minutes. By the way, they won't shut up once they get going. Because no one ever talks to them. And they'll share with you a story. You'll be like, are you kidding me? Really? I was sharing with the police officers involved with just dealing with homeless in our city. He says, they're the sad ones and they're the bad ones. He said, and mostly they're sad ones. And you get to share with them. And as you get to know them and understand their life and what's taking place, and you try to give them some opportunity either for blessing, for encouragement, or even to maybe get them out of the hole that they've placed themselves in. You have an opportunity to be generous, to see people with a generous eye instead of, Mm, hurry, roll up your window. As my son said the other day, didn't you hear about some of the people now, they're rolling down the window, people grab your wallet out of your hand and they take off running. I said, why would anyone hand them their wallet? <laughs> he looked at me like, yeah, maybe that wasn't a true story. I said, yeah, I don't think so. Give them the $2 and it's good. It's good. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Generous eye. Filled with grace as opposed to greed. Otherwise, your light becomes darkness. My dad had a problem with greed. After he died, he had purchased multiple sections of land. He had land in Liberty, had land all over the place. But he would never tell anybody where the deeds were located. He died, and now the state owns all of them. We don't know where they're at. That's the darkness that could be used, this light that could be used to truly light up somebody's life. And instead, in our greed, we stop it from becoming what God wanted it to become. I constantly see families in fights. I mean, this fights, screaming and yelling, take you to court because their dad and mom left them all this money and they can't decide who's supposed to get what. This is incredible. It was never their money to begin with. And they become these evil people. It's like, ah, ah. You know, greed overwhelms them. And it's ugly. It's dark. It's frightening. It breaks families into pieces. I tell people as they get older, folks, give it away now. And I don't say I'm spending all my retirement on myself. That's just greed. Hey? But you can give it away now. Why not give it away where you can see the pleasure of seeing it given and who it's given to? My mom was really good about that. As we got to the end there, she was very specific about how to lay it out to everybody. And everybody knew I was able to be an executor that was actually at peace. It was actually a a comfortable thing. And I could give out the money. And everybody was on different accounts. It was actually theirs. And so all of us responded, oh, we need to split all this, but, and I'll split all this. And, and I had the big one. They were all looking at me. Is Lee really going to split that $50,000 one? Because it's in his name. So, of course I'm going to Are you crazy? Of course I'm going to split. But they had already experienced through so many friends and others saying, nope, it's mine now. 
greed, darkness. If we do not purposefully enact generosity to see with a generous eye and to choose to give with a generous spirit, we will find ourselves falling into darkness and ugliness and bitterness. And it will destroy your life. And it will bring darkness to the lives of people around you. Let your eye be generous. The first lesson we share with our kids when they're just little is simple. Share. You share with the other person. And you notice how greedy little guys are? Where'd that come from? What gene transmitted that one? But you have to help them understand how good it is to share. How positive it is to share. And as they begin to grasp that truth and move on into life, then they become generous and grace-filled people. Essentially, the word translated Grace, which is charis, is also translated giving or generosity. The picture is simple. We're called to be thankful with what God has given us and to help others to give thanks for it as well. Because the only time people are really thankful that I've gotten something is if I give some to you. Okay? Oh, I know you're kind of, sort of thankful, but this is how you think. Okay? Wow. That is really neat, Lord, how you gave Pastor Lee $50,000. That was really cool. Do you think I could maybe get that too? Or maybe he could bless me a little bit with those funds that came his way. Especially if this is your brother, not your pastor. And, and we, we fall into these patterns. We fail to seek the kingdom of God. And that's the last thing that Jesus does in the same chapter. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Above all else, live righteously. And God will give you everything you need. See, because the whole chapter is talking about giving and generosity. That God is a God who gives over and over. And we're called to do the same. He will give. So we trust Him with all of our worldly stuff. Because we want Him to give everything that we need. We're called out. Don't put your hope in wealth, he's held as Timothy, which is so uncertain. If you notice how wealth is so uncertain, we call it inflation, for one. All these terms you can use. Instead, put your hope in God, who richly provides for us with everything for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. Be rich in good works and generous, haplus, the word translated good eye to those in need always being ready to share with others you see it's the principle of divine supply god will make it good god will make it good you can see that double statement going on there god wants to make it good allow him to be your co-signer in everything in life say god you make it good we put our hope in god not in the irs check not in our parents not in our friends. We learn to put our hope in God and Him alone. And we find ourselves giving with thanks. And we cry out, we shout out a sacrifice of praise and say, Thank you, God, for this beautiful day. Thank you, God. Thank you for all you have done and all you are. This paradigm I call the three G's of thanks living. Okay, the three G's of thanksgiving. It's a paradigm. That's what you look through. 
So in terms of life, the first thing that happens in life is we have what's called greed. That's the first G. So the first G is greed. And that is, I'm given all this stuff. Some, lot, some of us get a lot, some of us get a little, but I'm given all this stuff. And I look at this stuff, and my tendency is to do this. I tend to say, my stuff. Okay? We all. This is my stuff. It's my car. It's my clothes. It's my stuff. And God says, okay, now I want you to take a look at that greedily, and I want you to be able to release that with generosity. That's the second G, generosity. I want you to release that with generosity. And the first step you take to do that is you give a tithe to God. I recognize that this is not my stuff. It's God's stuff that he gave to me to use. Okay, so I go, greed becomes generosity. I give to God, and then I see where else I can give it to those in need. I give to God, and I see where else I can give to those in need. And that last to those in need is called grace. That's called grace. So I've got greed, I've got generosity, then I've got grace. There was a guy, everyone said who was it, Eisenhower, however it was. But in relationship to money, to things. And he said, how much is enough? And he turned with a little glint in his eye and he said, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. And see, grace says the same thing, except it reverses it. So you say, how much is enough to give? And here's my response to you. Just a little bit more. You want joy? You want to be filled with the power and the grace of God? Then you give just a little bit more. Just till it begins to hurt a little bit cheerfully, excitingly, expectingly. Give a little bit more. And God will do something spectacular. And you'll see him do it again and again and again. And he'll give you these ten days. And you go, that was such a ten, Lord. Show me another turtle. (laughs) And he'll show them. And you'll get another turtle. And you go, that was so cool. That just lifted my spirit. And blessed all those around me. Greed is what we have. We give thanks for everything. We're not going to hang on to it. We're going to give it away while we can. Generosity, I'm involved in recognizing God's ownership and lighting up the lives of people around me. I choose to be generous and then just a little bit more. I pour out grace upon those that are there because I can't outgive God. Uh, quarterback Kurt Warner, he's got this marvelous thing. He takes his kids out. Every time they go out to eat, they go to the restaurant, they sit out, and they say, Who are we going to bless tonight? And they pick a table. And decide what table they're going to pay for their meal. Nobody knows it. And then they go to the waitress and say, I want you to give me the bill for that table. Whatever it is, it's my bill. Don't tell them. But when the time comes, just say, somebody chose to pay for you tonight. Say we do it every time the kids just get a kick out of it. So the kids just love it. They get so pumped about it. And so they come into the restaurant going, who are we going to give something to tonight? Who are we going to take care of tonight? Because they've begun to recognize it's generosity that brings real thanks into our life. Generosity is what really gives a sense of, wow, isn't God great? Generosity is a change. Uh, Lisa, the writer of the book, uh, Best Yes, she talks about an incident. I could 
see myself doing the exact same thing. She says she was in line. She's going to get a biscuit for her daughter, a little, little biscuit to take care of her because she loves these biscuits. I'm, you know, we won't say what restaurant it was, but it's a little place. So she's driving through. She pulls into it. Another car pulls behind her. And she's pulling in, and she reaches down for her purse, and she realizes she doesn't have her purse. She goes, oh, boy. And so she said, I started praying, Lord, I just asked that the guy in front of me will choose to be one of those who blesses the person behind them today. <laughs> Lord, please make it happen. And meanwhile, she's also doing what she's supposed to. So she's looking, and she reaches into her glove compartment, and she says, thank you, God. Inside the glove compartment was a credit card that got wrapped into a receipt that she'd held on to. Oh, phew. I do have it okay. The guy in front of her didn't choose to bless her that day. She got up there. They presented her bill. And, and she said, the Lord spoke to me and said, now you bless the person behind you. She went, yeah. So she did. Because you can do that in a drive-thru. Because they've already ordered. Okay? So that's what she did. And I thought to myself, and she said she thought to herself, I wonder if he was praying my prayer. <laughs> That's grace. We give generously and then we give a little bit more. Just a little bit more. And when you're dealing with people and you respond to them with love and you give them a hug and you're generous towards them and caring for them and you minister to them and they don't quite respond the way you would like them to respond, you know what you do? What do you do? Yeah, a little bit more. Just a little bit more. What is it? Just give them a little bit more. I was talking to Mary, my wife, this morning. She's sick today. But she's a little miss thankful. You don't care. <laughs> oh, honey, let me share with you something you can share about thankful. I'm going, you're sick. So she says, oh, I got to share. She says, I was just thinking of this story. And um, she, she said, you know, sometimes with people, it's tough. She said, I remember she was, you know, I, was, I was in junior high, and there was this kid who everybody was picking on this kid. And she says, I was bigger than he was. She said, Mary grew quickly as a youngster. And she says, so I was a little bigger, and they were picking on him. And, and I said, knock it off. And told the people, quit picking on this guy. And one girl, I took it, called her out. I said, you pick on me again, we're meeting in a parking lot after school. So I was at the parking lot after school, and she didn't show. She said, Phew. man, was I glad of that, because she would have beat the crap out of me. So, she, but, so the point was, that I, I said, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be generous to this kid. I'm gonna, you know, this is not right. She said, then this weird thing happened. And he started picking on me all the time, just doing these weird things and throwing the basketball at me, you know, and walking up and pulling my ponytails. She said, uh, turned to this teacher, said, what is with him? I tried to help him out. And you know what the teacher said? I think he likes you. <laughs> you see what was going on? She said, yeah. But what a weird way to show you like somebody. Give a little more. Show grace. And watch God show up in a marvelous way. Now, I could stop there and would be good, but I'm going to continue on a little bit. Some things to be really thankful for. Okay? We thank God because he made you. We thank God because he made you. So we think of that generosity. Lord, thank you for making me. Think of grace. God, I'm going to use my talents, my treasures 
and, and whatever I have uh, to benefit others, grace. And I'm going to give a little bit more than I really want to give. Thank God because He made you. The Lord is loving to all He has made. He made you to love. And He loves you deeply. God has never made a person that He didn't love. Psalm 103, which is one of those that are fun. God is like a tender and sympathetic Father. He knows that we are but dust. He's not a judge. He's not a policeman. He's not a drill sergeant. He's not a boss. He's a perfect Father. How many of you, before you had children, thought they were going to be perfect? Yeah, a few of you did. Yeah, I know. We, some of us, kind of, when they first come out, we go, what do you know? I got the first perfect child. And then the next day you find out it's different, right? Oh, my goodness. But we have this sense of mine is probably going to be a lot better than yours. Sorry. We've got good genes. But here's the bottom line. We make these kids and they drool and they're messy they poop their pants. You got to clean them up all the time. You know, and then they turn 16. They take our money. They take your car. And they scratch it up. And they wreck it. And you know what we do? We love them. We love them. We die. We cry. But we love them. Are we crazy? No, we're parents. I'm sorry. I don't love your kids. <laughs> I love my kids. I don't have enough for yours, too. I can love you. You're older. You know, but... It's it's like, what's going on? God put in us this capacity for love. Some greater than others, but all parents have this capacity for love. The Bible says God is love. It doesn't say love is God. That's not the same. That's like saying, you know, uh, that dog is a girl and that girl is a dog. You caught that, right? That's the difference there. It's God is love, not love is God. God loves you. God loves each person. God knew every stupid thing you're going to do in advance. And he still said, I'm going to make you because I love you. I care about you. I want you to have a relationship with me. And therefore, we thank God for what he's done. And we're involved in thanks living. We thank God because he he knows you. Uh, Jesus said, do you realize that God the Father knows about every hair on your head? He knows about every hair on your leg. He knows about everything that has to do with you. Every loss, every gain, every hurt, every emotion, everything about you he knows. Before you say a word, it tells us in Psalm 139, he knows what you're going to say. Now, sometimes I think my wife has that kind of foreknowledge. She knows exactly what I'm going to say, even before I say it. But I know that God has that kind of knowledge. And he cares about every detail of my life. And he has the ability to respond to it. My financial problems, my sexual issues, my physical problems, my mental problems, my social problems, the problem at work, the problem at school, the problems in my marriage. He cares about them. He's aware of them. He wants to work in them. 
And so I turn to my spouse on a regular basis and I say, God, thank you for my spouse. Everybody say that with me. God, thank you for my spouse. Now, if you're not married, you just got a future one coming. Eh? Hopefully that wasn't a prophetic statement going on here. But God, thank you for my What a wondrous thing that God has given us a spouse to a partner to care for us and to love us. And we're to be called in thanks living with them. And we thank God because he loves us. He loves us totally and completely without condition. God showed his love to us that while we were yet sinners, while we were still responding against him, he died for us. I don't know how many people you know who would die for you. I don't have too many. I have a few, I think. But I'm not even sure about that. But God says, I'm so in love with you that I'm willing to die for you. I love you so much. He stretches out his arms and he dies for us, but not just for us. He dies so that we could inherit eternal life, so that our sins could be washed away and tossed down into the sewer, so that we could be and experience the kingdom of God here on earth. There's a wonderful picture. Okay, it's found in the Chicago Review, and the editors referred to this particular photo as one of the photos of the decade. Michael Fryer captures this grim fireman carrying a victim away from the fire. Uh, the fire happened in Chicago in 1984, and at first it seemed routine, but as the firemen began to search through it, they discovered the bodies of Elva Lepercio and her five children, aged three to ten. And they were huddled together in the kitchen of the apartment. And they surmised that she could have escaped with two or three of them. But she couldn't decide who to pick. So she chose to wait with them, gathered around them, waiting for someone to rescue them. And all of them died of smoke inhalation. The title at the bottom of the photograph, why don't you show this photograph for me? The title at the bottom of the photograph was, There are times when you just don't leave those you love. There are times when you just don't leave those you love. This is a fireman carrying one of the children out. Wow. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and long, how high and deep, God's love for you really is. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great that you'll never fully understand it. But I want you to be filled with all the fullness of life and power that only comes from God. Say God's love is so wide, it includes everybody. It's so long, it lasts forever. It's alpha to omega. It's a love that is truly unbelievable because it's miraculous it's god's alone it's so high that he's able to be everywhere at once you can't go anywhere where god doesn't go with you it's deep enough to meet all of your needs when you're in times of despair you're in the emotional pits you're in the relational pits you're in the financial pits and you say god help me and he will and he does when we say god thank you thank you For what I'm in now, teach me what I need to learn. And then, Lord, could you show me a turtle? Please. 
just a turtle. And he will. And he will. That's the cry of God. As we look through those prisms of greed, what's been given to us, we move to generosity, we fall into grace, and we discover the wonder of God, and our eyes light up, and our body lights up, and people around us are lit up. And life becomes meaningful and purposeful. And we find ourselves walking across the street. You know what we're saying? Thank you, God, for this beautiful day. Father, today we thank you. Because you are a God who's made a difference in our lives. You're a God who's brought us out of darkness into light. And who enables us to see things that we could never see before. And we pray that you would place upon us those lenses of thankfulness. That we might move past greed and move into generosity. And Lord, most of all, that we might move into that place of grace where we can see those turtles and swim with them and rejoice over your creation, all you have done, all that you are, all that you will be. And today, Lord, we want to be people of thanks living. We want to live in thanks. We don't want to just walk, periodically talk about it. We want to live in that place of worship, of hope, of expectation and excitement. And it's hard for us, Lord. So we pray today for each person here. Lord, if there's anyone here that isn't aware of that place, that you might bring them to it. That you might show them your wonder and your love and your life. Lord, if there's any here who who haven't yet received you as, as Savior, recognize you died for their sins, that you bled on the cross. You gave your life so I could have hope. And that today all I have to do is say, oh, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Cleanse me. Give me hope. And you'll bring it. You'll bring it. Father, for each one that's here, that they might learn that believing in you is what changes us. And then making you Lord and Savior is what continues the process where we learn how to live in thanks. Today, Lord, today is Thanksgiving week, Father. So we want to give you thanks. And we ask that you'll give us hearts to walk across the streets shouting out loud. Thank you, God, for this beautiful day. We give you praise and we give you thanks for you are God and you love us. Continue your work, Lord. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. You listen to this song. It's God's